Continuing with the six constant mitzvahs, again, as I mentioned each time, this class we should all have in mind, certainly I have in mind, that this class is, in the schus of this class, in the schus of learning this Torah, it should be a refuah shlema, bimhei rabbi yamenu, for harav Yisrael noyach ben hinda, for the Rosh Hashiva, that the, demonstrate that the wisdom that he shared with me is invaluable, and that it's relevant and it's real. And the goal of these classes was really selfishly motivated. I'm not here to share anything with you, really. That's just a byproduct. The goal of this class was so I can make it real. Uh, So I can try and uh, actualize the wisdom that I've gained from the Rosh Hashiva. That was really the motivation behind this class. Uh, I went to visit him and... and, uh, after that visitation, after going to see him, that was what I came away with, that I needed to do something to try and make his wisdom real. So this was my, uh, this, was, <clears throat> this was what I decided to do, to teach the six constant mitzvahs, because that is the culmination of all of that, he's, of all the Torah, of all the wisdom that he's ever taught me. Uh, forgive me, I am a little bit under the weather, so hopefully things will come out clear, or at least as clear as they've been. Uh, I don't know how clear they've been, but <laughs> at least at least they should be that clear. So, again, going through the six constant mitzvahs, we've done two so far. The first one was to know that there's a God. Just to know that there's a God. And we explained that what that meant was not just to know that there's actually a creator of the universe, but to have an actualization, to have a realization that Hashem loves us. That was the kiyum of that mitzvah. The fulfillment of that mitzvah, the first of the six constant mitzvahs, the first of all the mitzvahs in the order of the Rambam, is to know that Hashem loves you. That's it. Live with that. To live trusting Hashem. We went through the seven steps, the tools. This is now two weeks into it. Hopefully everyone reviewed those seven steps. Hopefully people tried to use them. Last week we did Yichud Hashem. Understanding that Hashem is one. And as I mentioned last week, we skipped the order. We're going out of order. The second is not in the order of the constant mitzvahs as laid out by the Chinuch. We are skipping, we're saving the two negative ones for last. So last week we did to know that Hashem is one. And what we did was we tried to understand what that meant. We tried to understand what that meant. And I explained last week that that mitzvah is a lifetime. That mitzvah is a culmination of a lifetime of work to understand that Hashem is one. But the actualization of understanding that mitzvah is to realize that there is nothing else. Everything else is a facade, that the only reality is Hashem, and the only thing that we could possibly desire, and the only thing that gives us real meaning and substance and pleasure, is Hashem. And everything else is a facade. Everything else is a lie. That's what that mitzvah was. As we move from that to this week's mitzvah, this week's mitzvah is now really, okay, now that we have that information, what should we be doing with that? That's this week's mitzvah. This week's mitzvah is to love Hashem. That's the mitzvah, to love Hashem. And I'm going to read to you the chinuch. Actually, this week we will be doing quite a bit inside, as opposed to the last two weeks, because really I don't think I can say it any better than the chinuch and the rambam. They really just... You know, with all the others, you kind of had to pull and you have to extrapolate. I mean, you know, there's not that much. Hashem is one. Hashem echad. Shema Yisrael, Hashem Elkeno, Hashem echad. So we need to extrapolate a little bit. 
Know that there's a God. That's a one sentence. That's it. So we had to extrapolate a little bit. We, we went with the, the understanding of the Chovis Lavavos. But here, the Rambam and the Chinuch just lay it out so beautifully. In the Chinuch, it's Mitzvah 418. We are commanded to love Hashem. As it says in the Shema, That's it. Love Hashem. If you notice, we're going right through the Shema almost. Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokeinu. Hero Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord takes care of us. He's our God. He loves us. That was one. Hashem Echad. He's one. That's it. All right. Know there's a God. Know that He's one. Now what? Hashem Elokecha. Love Him. That's the next step. Okay, now that I know there's a God, now that I know He's one, what's next? Love Him. Love Hashem. And what does that mean? The Inyan mitzvah. What is the understanding of this mitzvah? You should contemplate. You should understand. Just take time to think. On all of Hashem's works and wonders. Just think about the world, the creation. Just think about the world, Hashem's wonders and His creations. Until we get to our own ability and take pleasure. Everyone knows that phrase. Enjoyment. Until you get enjoyment. In the purpose of pleasure. This is the ultimate. The tachlis. What's the goal? This is the goal. He says it right there. This is the goal. This is the goal. This is the tachlis. This is the purpose of all creation. And this is the love that we are commanded. He goes through. Now, Dinah Mitzvah, skipping a little bit. What is the way we're supposed to fulfill this mitzvah? It is fitting for a person. That a person should place all of his thoughts. V'chol magamoso, and all of his desires, his aspirations, his dreams, anything you could possibly want to fulfill in your life, achar avas Hashem, all of that should be directed towards loving Hashem. Everything. All your goals, all you think about, all your dreams and aspirations, they should all be going through a funnel until you get, they all just funnel down into avas Hashem. And you should set your heart constantly. And everything that is in this world is simply for this. Everything that is created in this world is all created simply so you can have pleasure in Hashem. We mentioned that last week. Remember everyone here familiar with the Rosh Hashiva's class, the five levels of pleasure? Is there anyone not familiar with that class? Five levels of pleasure, right? Maybe it's just one person, but now no one wants to raise their hand. But quickly, the five levels of pleasure, he gets right from here. You're about to see it right now. Hear it, at least. You're not going to see it, but you're going to hear it right now. Everyone thinks, oh, the five levels of pleasure, it's Rosh Hashiva, he just made it up. <laughs> you know, people that don't understand the Rosh Hashiva is genius. They think it's just used car salesman stuff that he made up. I've, heard, I've actually heard that. I've actually heard people say that. It's unbelievable. People, like... 
Yeah, all right, I'm not going to go off on a tangent like I did on Shabbos. <laughs> Those of you who are here. But the five levels of pleasure is reality, and you're about to see it right now. We spoke last week how each one of those pleasures were really, just underlying them, was really a desire for Hashem. But we're going to go through them. What are the five levels of pleasure? Everyone knows them quickly. Five levels of pleasure. There's material pleasure. There's material pleasure. Money, clothing, good food. Good, good pleasure. Right? A good hamburger. Everyone here has been to Jeff's. you got to have a good night. Material pleasure. Physical pleasure. But that's fifth level. The five levels, you move up each one. Each one is a higher, a more aesthetic pleasure. The next one is, the next one is relationships. Next one's relationships. Love. Wife, children, family, friends. Relationship. It's more valuable than any money. It's more, much more valuable than any money in the world. Nobody would sell one of their children, at least, I don't know, I mean, at least no one with any respect. Right? No one would sell their, ask somebody, everyone here with kids, you know that love is much more valuable than all the money in the world. That's fourth class, fourth class pleasure. Third class, now you get into meaning, self-respect, to be a good person, weight, substance, that our lives have substance, that our lives are weighty. Above that is power, creativity. Even more meaningful than just being a good person is creating good. To be the one who is the implementator of good in this world, that's power. And the ultimate pleasure is first-class pleasure is a relationship with Hashem. And the Chinook says it right here. Ki all the pleasures in the world. That's what he's speaking about. The tachlis. He says the tachlis hatainug. The purpose of pleasure is to have a relationship with Hashem. Because all the pleasures in the world, me'osher, whether it's wealth, right away, you see, wealth, first class pleasure. Ubanim, or children, love. Love, now really, really the greatest pleasure should be our wives. But that's harder to see. It's much easier to see love and children. Mm. Nobody gives up their children, but people will give up their wives left and right. Nobody gives up their children. <laughs> whether it's wealth, whether it's love and children, or honor, honor, self-respect, meaning. All of that is nothing. There's a different girsi here. There's another girsa that, that says, and, and power, leadership. Hakol ka'ayin, all of that is nothing. Uke'efes, worthless. V'toyhu, and empty. Keneged avosu baruchu, next to the love of Hashem. All of that is nothing next to the love of Hashem. Nothing. Now, we're going to speak a little bit about, this is very, dif very difficult to understand. He says, it's all nothing, worthless, empty. Well, if it's nothing, then what are you telling me it's worthless for? There, I said to you, I said to a couple of you last week after the class, if I tell you, look, I, you asked me, can you lend me 20 bucks? I don't have a dollar, I don't have $10. I don't have $20. <laughs> if I don't have a dollar, of course I don't have 10 and I'm 20. If I, I have no money, I don't even have 10 bucks. If you said you have no money, what are you saying you have no $10 for? You have no money. So why does the Chinuch say it's nothing and it's worthless 
and it's empty. If it's nothing, it's nothing. He's telling you that there are tons of pleasure in the world. That's what he says. There's lots of pleasures in the world. But most of those pleasures are nothing. They're nothing. That's the first one. That's material pleasure. You spend your whole lives, we spend our whole lives chasing hamburgers and clothing and cars and houses. And at the end of it, what does it add up to? What is it? If we don't have meaning in our lives, what is all that worth? Nothing. It's nothing. Then there are some things that have substance to them. There, they, there's something there. This might get a little, diff little risky here with the video. This is a little nervous video, but there are some things that they're there. You can't say it's nothing, but it's worthless. Relationships. Love. You know how many times do you hear people say, I hear it all the time, oh, that's what life's about. I love someone. Someone loves me. That's what life's about. It's all about relationships. As long as I have someone in my life that loves me, but I have no meaning, the culmination of my life is nothing more than that, that someone loved me. I can't be, that's, that's, that's worthless. It's something, you can't say it's nothing. You had a relationship, you had something real. There's love there, but, but what's it worth? At the end of the day, what's it worth? If there's got to be worth in this life, it's got to be infinity. It cannot just be the time that we're here. Because if that's the case, why is that love any more than the hamburger? Why is it any more? How can someone sit here and tell me that, no, 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 chasing material pleasures is vain? Says who? If this is all that there is, so what's wrong with it? Once you tell me that this isn't all that there is, well, then, then the fact that someone loved me cannot be the end of all. It's worth something. It's there. It's real. It's more real than the hamburger. It's more real than the clothes I wear, but it's not. What does it add up to? That's what he's saying here. All of that is nothing without something real, something meaningful, loving Hashem. That's what it's talking about. He goes on. He goes on. But the rest of it is not, uh, there's, there's more here, but not, not stuff that's really relevant to us. But everyone, I think you should go take a look. It's Mitzvah 418. The Chinuch is telling us that the greatest pleasure, the greatest pleasure possible is to love Hashem. The greatest pleasure possible is to love Hashem. See, we all know intuitively that there's got to be something more to life. We all know it. You ask everyone, is it good to be alive? I think most people would say, yeah. I think every now and then you might meet a cynic who might say it depends. I've met a few of those. Yeah, is it good to be alive? Well, it depends. Be very careful. Hopefully no one in this room ever says that. It's very dangerous. It's very dangerous to say that. Well, it depends. Because that depends most of the time could be down. If you add up how much time we really enjoy this world, the average is on the downside more than the upside. So be careful when you say it depends. But most people, I think, understand that it's good to be alive. But if you ask them what's so good about being alive, I don't know how many people can really tell us. 
What's so good about being alive? You see, the natural state of a human being is to be filled with euphoria. That's the natural state of a human being, is to be filled with euphoria. And this is the example, everything, again, I mentioned this in the beginning of each class, maybe I forgot to mention it this time. I'm not saying anything on my own, unless it's wrong. But everything I say is what I learned from the Rosh Hashiva and what he's taught me and what I've gained from him over the years. The natural state of a human being is euphoria. Just being alive. And the greatest example he gives is, you go to an amusement park, and what is everyone doing when they come off the roller coaster? Except the person who threw up. Everyone's coming off the roller coaster. Wow! Wow! That's great! Wow! Wow! And then they start walking, and what happens? They slowly... Oh, we got to stand in line? Oh. Oh. What happened? The natural state. You just got shook. I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Whoa, I'm alive. Wow, life is great. I'm alive. That's the natural state. Life is great. I'm alive. Oh, but then I start thinking, oh, I got to stand in line. They want $7 for a Coke. Oh, my gosh. Oh, it's hot. Oh, let's just go to the log ride again because it's just so hot. (laughs) What happened? It's great to be alive. It's great to be alive. And then we forget. You see, Judaism says that we are in control of our emotions. We can choose what emotion we want to be in. We can choose it. Most people don't agree with this, by the way, outside the Jewish circles. We choose our emotions. And the Rosh Hashiva gives two beautiful examples. What is the most classic emotion that most philosophers, psychologists say is uncontrollable? Rage. Blind fury. He gives two examples that just make it so beautiful. And I'm going to change his example slightly just for modernization. But that's it. Imagine, here in L.A., you can certainly imagine it, you just got your new Ferrari. Okay? And not the low-end one. I'm talking the nice one, right, with the big hole in the front there and the engine that you can see in the back, right? right? I don't even know what it's called, but you can see the engine in the trunk. It's like got a see-through top, just so everyone can see the engine, right? Now, you're not going to drive that thing around the city, unless you live in Beverly Hills. For some reason, they drive these things in the city. That would not be me. You're taking this thing out to the country, okay? You're going to see what this baby can do. Now, when you buy a Ferrari, they deliver it to your house. You don't pick it up. They come, they drop it off, they pile it. Beautiful. You're like, oh, let's get out to the country and open this sucker up. Right? But you got you know, you don't live in the country. So you got to go through a few traffic lights to get there. So you're slow, you know, you're driving nice and easy, you know, because you don't want to bang the bottom on the bumps, etc. And you're coming up to a light and it turns yellow, you're stopping. You're not taking any chances with this Ferrari. You're not going to go into that yell, and God forbid someone, you know, turns red, you're halfway, you're not getting the Ferrari ding just to get to the country. It's not worth it. So you stop. Guy rams you behind. <laughs> you just got the... Oh, my God. I, 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 is that nuts? Are you exasperated? You're like, oh, my God. <laughs> then you turn around to see what's back there, and as you turn around, you see him back up and ram you again. 
At this point, you're now boiling. And lo and behold, you're like, oh my God, you go to unbuckle, you know, the, the supersonic buckle thing they got. You go to unbuckle, boom, a third time. You can't see anything. You just see, aside from the red of the car, you just see red. You're killing this guy. Rage. You fling open the door, you jump out, and lo and behold, there you see a man holding an Uzi pointed right at you. <laughs> what happens to the rage? Gone. Gone. You jump back in the car. You say, I'm sorry, sir. Is, am I in your way? You, I'll, let me move the car. You know what? Forget it. Just drive over it, please. <laughs> Just drive over it. It's okay. It's insured. <laughs> You're done. The rage, it's gone. Why? Because you see it's counterproductive. Now, in case anyone thinks, no, it's because he's got the gun. Right? That's what got rid of the rage. Otherwise, so the Roshiva gives a second example. Just in case someone wants to say, no, it's the gun. So you're in down there in Beverly Hills, very congested area. It's the only place you actually see people walk in L.A., by the way. I'm from the East Coast. People walk. And in L.A., it's the only place you see is Beverly Hills. So there, you're in Beverly Hills. You're on Rodeo Drive. You bend down to tie your shoe. And right when you bend down to tie your shoe, someone bumps into you, knocks you, sends you flying onto the pavement, and clunk, you scrape your nose, you chip your tooth, you're bleeding. You're furious. Like, what are you, blind? I can't, I can't, don't see where you're going. Like, oh my God, I got, you know, I'm not a midget, what are you doing? And you jump up to yell at this guy, and lo and behold, he's blind. Do you deck him? Where's the rage? And if you were walking down the street and you saw someone do that, and he got up and he pushes him, he's like, what are you, blind? And you, and you see that the man's blind, and you're like, what's wrong with you? What's wrong with you? <laughs> you're sick. You need help. Where'd the rage go? Anytime we see clearly that our emotions are counterproductive, anytime we see clearly that our emotions are contrary to what we really want, we change the emotion. The problem is, is we don't take the time to think about the emotions. We don't take the time to calculate our emotions. We just let them go. This mitzvah of Avas Hashem is to be filled with that emotion of love. To be filled with the joy of being alive. It's great to be alive. I'm going to read to you the Rambam now. Rambam in the Sefer Mitzvah's when he speaks in the very beginning about Avas Hashem, he says the exact same thing as the Chinuch. He actually just changes one word just a little bit. He actually, instead of uses Tanug, he uses Hanah. But that's it. Other than that, he uses the exact same wording. That you should be filled with Hanah. But then he goes on, and it's interesting. And I'm going to explain why, hopefully. If you know anything about the Rambam, he divided up the Mishnah Torah into books. Each book represented a framework of mitzvahs. The very first book was called Sefer Mada. Sefer Mada. The book of knowledge. The book of the fun, fundamental foundations of what the Torah is about. And in that book, he starts off, he says, in the first chapter, he's the Yisodia Torah, the foundations of Torah. He goes in, you have to know there's one God. You have to know that he's the creator of all. There's no emotions. By the way, that's last week's, you know, he speaks about that. 
And then he goes off and he starts speaking about angels and all types of ethereal creations, just so you have this idea of what Hashem created, the creation. And then he goes on and he goes on and he says, okay, now aside from that, now that you understand creation, the next thing he does is deus, hilchas deus, which are character traits. He says, okay, now that you understand creation, the next block of mitzvahs are, what are you supposed to be? What are you doing in this creation? What are you doing? This is who you're supposed to be. And he paints the picture of a perfect person. And then he goes on and he says, and by the way, the next thing is, no idols. No idols. You can't be worshiping any idols. I'm sorry, I skipped one. Talmud Torah. <laughs> How about that? You got to edit that. I can't believe I skipped Talmud Torah. <laughs> you got to take care of that for me if someone sees that. After, after, after he paints you the picture of a perfect human, he then says, how do you get there? Learning Torah. You got to learn Torah. That's how you do it. The next one he goes through is, okay, and then no idol, idolatry. I.e., you can't do anything that takes you away from that. It's a beautiful flow. Step by step. That was the Rambam. Perfect logic. Step by step. He starts out, here's Hashem. This is what Hashem is. And he goes in there and he says, you got to know he's one. You got to love him. You got to fear him. He gets all those mitzvahs in there. Then he says, here's what you're supposed to be doing here. The picture perfect human. How do you get there? You got to learn Torah. Next is idolatry. You can't do anything that takes you away from that. That's antithetical of the whole purpose of creation. And then the finality of that safer is tshuva. What do you do when you mess up? How do you get back? Tshuva. Okay? Now at the very end of Hilchish Tshuva, seemingly totally out of place, seemingly totally out of place, the very end of Hilchish Tshuva, the very last chapter, the 10th chapter, and for time's sake, I'll try and just read it in English. The 10th chapter, after he goes through this whole series that I just said to you, he says, a person should not say that I'm going to do mitzvahs and I'm going to learn Torah and I'm going to be involved in wisdom so that I can get all the brachas that are written in the Torah or that I should get all the mava. person shouldn't say that. And I'm going to separate myself from Averas, and I won't do anything wrong, so I don't get anything bad happen to me that it says in the Torah. I'm going to do everything good, so I get all the good stuff, and I'm not going to do anything bad, so I don't get all the bad stuff. And I hear this all the time. I, I, you'll forgive me, I'll say something a little controversial. What I, I call it is, I, I call this the cure of bill of goods. This first line in the Rambam is what I call the cure of bill of goods. That there are people out there that do Kirov, that are involved in trying to teach people Torah, and they sell people a bill of goods. Do tshuva, learn Torah, live a from lifestyle because it'll make your life wonderful. Make life wonderful. You'll live a nice life. You'll have family harmony. It makes life beautiful. Judaism makes life beautiful. Ramam says, don't do that. (laughs) Don't do that. Why? This is not the right way to serve Hashem. And anyone who serves Hashem on this, this is not the way the Nevi'im did it. This is not the way the Chachamim did it. This is not the way that people who understood truth did it. As a matter of fact, the only people that do this are ignoramuses and women and children that you have to teach them that way just to get them to do it. 
Ignoramuses. That's who do the Torah that way. That is not the way that people that understand what Torah is do it. He says, someone who serves Hashem with love, that is the right way. That is the way to serve Hashem through love, and that's what Avram Avinu did. That is what Avram Avinu did. He loved Hashem. The greatest pleasure that Avram Avinu had was loving Hashem. Now, by the way, the ultimate expression of that love is what Avram Avinu did. And they all go on to say that. That that's what Avram Avinu did. How did he? He went and taught people about Hashem. The greatest way to feel love is to tell other people. You want to feel super close to your best friend who happens to be 6,000 miles away? Tell someone about him. You'll feel right there. Your wife's away on a trip. You want to feel close? Tell someone about her. You feel close. You want to feel close to Hashem? You want to feel like you love Hashem? Tell people about Him. That's not politically correct, though. That's what Avram Avinu did. And this and this, this is the Rambam that I want to speak about. What is this love? How do you do this love? How do you love Hashem? You love Hashem, and you have to hear this in the Hebrew first. I'm sorry. You should love Hashem an incredibly great love. Ava Gedola Yesera. Great love? Yesera. More than that. Think of any love you have in this world your wife, your children, your car. Multiply it by a billion, and it's not enough. And it's not enough. He goes on. Azamiod. Fierce, a fierce love, filled with passion. Until your soul is tied up in this love. Fanatical. Fanatical. Venimsa shaygabo. Until you're crazy with it. Shaygabo, you're nuts. You're a fanatic. All you can think about is love of Hashem. That's all I can think about. That's all I can think about. What are you in this world for? Love Hashem. What are you in this world for? Love Hashem. What are you in this world for? Love Hashem. Sound repetitious? Shema Yisrael Hashem Elokein Hashem Echad. V'yahavtes Hashem Elokecha. V'yahavtes Hashem Elokecha. V'yahavtes. Multiply. Think about it. How many times are you going to say that in your life? How many times are you going to say, V'yahavtes Hashem Elokecha? How many times? Let's say you live a good, ripe 70 years old. If Mr. Arwitz was here, he'd tell us in a spot how many times you'd say it. I can't do math like that. But how many times are you going to say it? Love Hashem, 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 love Hashem. At least. Without the commandment, three times, two twice a day. Right? Without doing the bedtime, just the commandment itself twice a day. Shigabo! Nuts! You're going to get to a point where you're nuts! Kilo, and he goes on. Kilo, chayla, chayla, ava. Until you're sick with love. Sick with love. She'ein data penuya. Me'avas oise isha. Until your mind can't get off of it. Like a single man's love of a woman. 
You remember back? Remember those of you, those of you, right? Remember back when you were just dating? Those of you who are married here, and you just got engaged. Oh gosh, right? You couldn't stop thinking about it. Can't get it off your mind. Or Shiva says the problem is, is nobody on the, even though even even those of us who did get engaged and you get married and those of you who are single and you you, you have the fantasy of what it's going to be like one day, God willing, soon. Yeah, we don't have a feeling of what it's really like because women and sexuality is so prevalent in the world today. It's just so prevalent. We're so numb to it. Could you imagine what it must have felt like where you really felt that the woman you were with was the only woman on the planet? Can you imagine? We, we don't feel that. I don't care who you, anyone who thinks they have that kind of love. It, 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 just come on. You know. But, but, we, but, but we can appreciate it. We can appreciate it. That single guy, he's nuts. All he can talk about. You guys who are, you guys who are married and those who are single, God willing, you'll get engaged one day soon and you'll get married. Remember the last time, and those of you who are recently married, you'll forgive me for making fun of you, but you remember when you had someone who just got engaged over your house for Shabbos? It's almost like you wanted to turn to him and say, she ain't Snow White. <laughs> right? Enough already. <laughs> like he just can't stop. He just can't stop. It's like, and oh my gosh, get an engaged girl over. Whoa. It's a waterfall. You might have thought that she got engaged to Moshe Rabbeinu. That's what the Ramam says. That's what we're supposed to be for Hashem. Bain Bekumo, Bain Beshifto. Doesn't matter what you're doing. Bishashu Oichel, Bishaisa, when you eat, when you drink. Love Hashem, love Hashem, love Hashem, love Hashem, love Hashem. That's it. That's all it's supposed to be. Yoitermize. Much more than this guy who's in love with this girl. Tia Avas Hashem should be your love of Hashem. Believe Oyavo Shoigim Batamid should be filled in your heart until you're insane with it. Like it says in the Shema, How? With all your heart, with all your soul, your being, your very being is in love with Hashem. And that's what Shlomo Melch was talking about. When he said Shir Hashirim. That's what he was talking about when he said Shir Hashirim. That's what he was talking about. Filled with love of Hashem. And as I said earlier, the Rambam goes on, you have to go read this 10th parak. That we can control our emotions. And why does the Rambam put this at the end? It's totally out of place. Think about it. How was the order again? Very quickly. He started off with, let me paint you what Hashem is. And in that picture, he says, you have to know Hashem's one. You have to love Him and fear Him. And he doesn't go into this here, there. He doesn't say anything over there. What does he say over there? He says over there, and we're going to finish with this. You want to know how you come to love Hashem? You know Him. And he says it again here. We'll get to it. But he doesn't go into detail over there. He just says, Think about Hashem, understand His ways, exactly like the Chinuch said, contemplate creation, and you will come to love Hashem. 
And then he goes on, he says, and you're in this world to perfect yourself. Here's the picture of a perfect human. How to get there, you learn Torah. And don't do idolatry because that takes you away. Don't do anything which takes you away. It's not just idolatry. Don't do anything that takes you away. And if you go away, do tshuva. What in the world does this paragraph, this chapter have to do with doing tshuva? This is the last chapter of the book of knowledge. The culmination of the picture of what the world's about. Because he's telling you, this is it. This is it. This is what the world's about. Having a relationship, a loving, passionate, fanatical relationship with Hashem. That's what the world's about. Remember I told you last week that the ultimate mitzvah is what? Understanding Hashem. Knowing that He's one. That's the ultimate mitzvah. But here's where you start getting complicated. The purpose of that mitzvah is to love Hashem. The Rambam goes on and he says, how do you do this mitzvah? How do you do this mitzvah? Through your understanding of Hashem, you come to love Him. If you know Him a little bit, you know Him a little bit. If you know Him a lot, you know Him a lot, you love Him a lot. You know Him, you love Him. The only way to love Him is to know Him. Therefore, a person has to miyached himself, single-minded. Don't let anybody outside this door tell you that you shouldn't have tunnel vision. Nonsense. Narrow-minded. Narrow-minded. Now you gotta be careful; someone will hear that. Like <laughs> narrow-minded. What's it all about? Loving Hashem. That's it. That's it. That's all there is. You go like this. Until, and you got to be, you have this until, until, until you know, until, until you remove yourself from everything in this world, except that. You have no desire for anything but that. That is this mitzvah. Nothing is meaningful except that. Now, let me just clarify with a few tools and then we'll wrap up and I'll take any questions. What does that mean? What does that mean? Narrow-minded, don't want anything. Does that mean you shouldn't want to get married? You shouldn't want to have children? You shouldn't want to have money? You shouldn't want to have power? You shouldn't want to have all of those things that the Chinuch said, those other pleasures that he says are worthless? Empty, nothing. Yes, you shouldn't want them if you want them for their sake. You shouldn't want them if you want them for their sake. But if you want them to help you get closer to Hashem, you have to. No money, no Torah. How are you going to live? You're not a man without a wife. That's what the Gemara says. You're not a man without a wife. You need to have a family. Where there's no man, you stand up and be a man. You got to have power. You got to have creativity. You got to do something in this world. But what for? To get us closer to Hashem. Nothing but that. Now, how do you do this? First and foremost, I wish we had more time on this one. Like I said, these mitzvahs you could spend weeks on. 
But first and foremost, very quickly. How did the Chinuch and the Rambam both say you come to love Hashem? You contemplate His works. You contemplate His works. Every single one of us in this room knows more about biology than we ever need to know to be fascinated beyond comprehension about the wonders of Hashem. Forget, forget Kabbalah. Forget Kabbalah. You speak to a physics major and ask him, is there anything solid in this world? Is there any solid material in this world? And if he says, yes, say, I don't understand. I thought everything's made up of energy. Energy solid? What's solid about energy? It's the same thing as this table, as is the air, as is the water, as is everything. There's nothing solid, but where? How's it here? How does Hashem do that? The eyeball? Just an eyeball? You want to you wanna, you wanna understand Hashem? Go find an eye doctor who's from, who understands Torah, and have him explain to you the eyeball, the wonder of an eyeball. Just think about the wonder of this world. How can you? The natural state of every single one of us should be, whoa, it's good to be alive. Whoa! But what happens? We stop thinking about how great it is to be alive and the wonder of that I can do this. Explain to me how I do that. I want it, it happens. That's it. That's this world. It's wonderful to be alive. We stop thinking about that. You wake up in the morning, it's good to be alive. The key to loving Hashem is to just first and foremost have gratitude. Make a list of things you're grateful for. We spoke about that in the first one. But the first one, see these three mitzvahs that we just did, the first two are an intellectual understanding. This mitzvah is, enjoy it. Don't just have an actualization in your mind that Hashem's one and that's all that there is. Enjoy it. Life is a gift. When's the last time you got a gift that you were ecstatic over? Well, you woke up this morning. <laughs> you should have the same euphoria that when you open up your new iPod. It's good to be alive. What's good to be alive? Look at all the gifts we have. Look at the wonders of this world. And if we focus on that, we can translate every joy we have in this world, and I'm going to end with two things, and then we're done. If we focus on that and channel that into loving Hashem, you will notice the joy, the constant state of joy you'll be in. Two things, and we'll end. The Gemara says in Brachos that a person should never be in a state of levity. Frivolous. And the Gemara notices a rabbi who looks to be frivolous in a state of levity. The Gemara says, though, what are you doing? And he says, Anach tefillin. I'm wearing my tefillin. I can't help it. I'm wearing tefillin. What does he answer? What answer is that? I'm wearing, I'm wearing my tefillin, therefore I'm allowed to be levity? I'm wearing my tefillin, so what, I can go play craps? <laughs> I'm wearing my tefillin, I can go to Las Vegas. I'm wearing my tefillin. He's saying, you mistook what you thought was levity. I'm wearing my tefillin. I'm ecstatic with joy of life. 
Hashem loves me. I got my tefillin on. It's a gift. See, I didn't. I wish we had more time, but just very quickly, and then and then the next one. After the Rambam finishes with Hilchas Tshuva, loving Hashem, because that's all that there is. The next book is called the Book of Love. The Book of Love. Next time they ask you who wrote the Book of Love, there's someone say he can say, "No, oh, the Rambam. <laughs> the Rambam wrote the Book of Love." And he puts in there all the mitzvahs that are to help us focus on loving Hashem. Tefillin, tefillah, birkas hamazon, brachos, birkas hamazon, brachos, bris milah, and, Talmud, and Torah. Not Talmud Torah, Torah. We have a Torah. Do you realize if you just think about those mitzvahs, the wonderful gift that Hashem gave us, each one of those. And that's what the rabbi was saying. Tefillin? Hashem chose me to be part of the Jewish people because I wear tefillin. Hashem loves the Jewish people because in the tefillin it says, the Shema. And Hashem gave me life and clarity and He gave me a Torah to know how to understand life. How can I not be filled with euphoria? The last one is, was when Yaakov Avinu saw Yosef for the first time. He came down to Egypt and he saw Yosef for the first time. And what does he do? He hugs him and he says, Shema. <clears throat> What's going on there? He hasn't seen his son in years. Can you imagine if you haven't seen your son in years? Yesterday I came home. And my daughter had not been dropped off from carpool. I was out and someone was supposed to come pick up my kids and take them to a play date. I was at two hours later. I walk in my front door and the woman's there. And she, all she says is, your daughter's missing. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, oh. Now I immediately made two phone calls. Just right away found her with two phone calls. But you don't think my heart was racing? For that 10 seconds? 10 seconds? Imagine not seeing your child for years. And Yaakov says, Oh, Yosef, hold on a second. Shema Yisrael. <laughs> what is Yaakov? You know, an insensitive, crass individual? Oh, oh, you're alive? Oh, Shema Yisrael. <laughs> you must have been filled with love and joy. And what does he do? Oh. Love and joy? I just got a new appreciation of love and joy that I hadn't had in the last years of my life. That gives me a new insight in how to love Hashem. Shema Yisrael. I'm taking that love and I'm channeling it to Hashem. That is love. All of this world is to teach us how to love Hashem. We have to choose to think about it and contemplate it and channel it. Because our emotions are our choice. We can choose to be euphoric, or we can choose to walk around going, $7 for a Coke. Let's <laughs> ah, just do the log flume, it's hot. We can be on a roller coaster of life if we choose to. That's all I got. Yeah. How do we turn grief into love? Hashem loves us. He's teaching us a lesson. Is it okay to feel grief? If we realize it's the lesson that Hashem loves us, 
The Gemara says, the Gemara says, Just like we make a brach on good, we make a brach on bad. We have to understand that there is no good, there is no bad. Hashem is teaching us. Hashem is trying to get us to understand. The next time you discipline your child, which hopefully you do, hopefully those of you who have children, discipline your children, because otherwise you're destroying your children. Next time you discipline your child, and she screams out, ah! You stop for a moment and you just think to yourself what you thought the last time something went wrong in your life. And at that moment, you stop and you say to yourself, Wow, Hashem loves me. Obviously, He was doing that for my good. Just like I'm doing this for her good. And focus on a specific incident that happened to you. Otherwise, you'll just get caught up in the rage of your child. And you end up making mistakes with your children. You get angry and frustrated with them. Instead, take that's the moment. You take that moment. And you wow. Wow. <laughs> wow, I guess I'm not that much older than her. <laughs> guess I'm not that much more mature than she is. How about that? You know what, Hashem? I'm sorry. <laughs> No, because then it's fake. No, because then it's fake. No, then it, no. Aside from evil eye, first of all, it's fake. It's not real. Second of all, it could be insensitive and and and, and out of place. Okay, God forbid someone is grieving. You walk into a more house of mourning. You walk in. You sit down. Isn't life great? <laughs> Gosh, that's <was> awesome. <laughs> <laughs> You're sick. <laughs> yeah, life's great. I should, life is awesome. You don't have to say that. You don't have to wear your closeness on, uh, to Hashem on your sleeve. It's a lifetime work. It's a lifetime work. We didn't have time to go through the Ramah. I, 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 I wish. I should have just, just read the Ramah. It's unbelievable. The Ramah goes on and he says, don't ever serve Hashem out of, out of, for this and that. Reward and punishment. That, that's for ignoramuses. The only one who does that is women and children and ignoramuses. The very next halacha, he says, not everyone gets to that level. Wait a second. What are you telling me to do it? And then you say you can't get to that level? What? <laughs> And then in the third Allah, you read this Rambam, I wish we had time. It's, it's kind of, the third Allah, he goes on and says, don't do it. Don't serve Hashem in order that you should become rich, in order that you should become a Chacham, that people should call you Rebbe. Excuse me. I've always been taught that the Rambam chose his words very methodically. And he never said anything unnecessarily. And the last thing he ever did was be repetitious. He starts out, he says, don't serve Hashem this way. You do that, you're an ignoramus. You're a weak-kneed woman. That's a problem. 
<laughs> You're a child. Don't do it. Don't do it. Then he goes on to say, rather, you got to do like the Chachamim and the Nevi'im, that they did it out of love. Then he goes on, he says, and you might not even get there. And since you might not even get there, don't do it the other way. You already said that. What's going on? So the first thing the Rambam is telling you is, how do you serve Hashem? What is the goal? What are you aspiring to get to? You're aspiring to get there. Will you get there? Don't know. Don't know. That's why the Rambam ends. He says, if you know Hashem a little, you'll love Him a little. You know Him a lot, you'll love Him a lot. To whatever you worked on, to whatever ability you strived to get to, that's where you'll be. Will you get to where they were? Don't know. Not everyone gets there. Not everyone gets there. But at least wake up and strive for it. At least wake up and be a man. Wake up and be a man. Know that this is what you're here for. You know what it means to be a man? You know what it means to be a man? Is to know what the heck you're supposed to be doing and take responsibility and do it. Well, what's your responsibility? Loving Hashem. That's it. And that way, not this way, that way. Am I going to get there? I don't know. But no one in this room, pick anyone that you consider a man. None of them went after what they went after thinking, well, I'm only going to do this if I can get there. None of them went after this thinking, well, I'm only going to do this if I can get there. And if I can't get there, nah. That's a wimp. That's not a man. Know what your goal is. Will you get there? Don't know. But at least try. At least try. And now they did struggles. And you don't know if you can get there. Don't go back and rely on, you know, well, look, we look, we teach the children and we teach other people to get into this, that look, this is, you know, how you do it. You reward and punishment. Don't even rely on that. The Talmud says on numerous occasions, in numerous occasions, that a person should do things for the wrong reason because eventually they'll come to do it for the right reason. Do it for the wrong reason, eventually they'll do it for the right reason. And the Rambam says, except for this, don't do it. Strive for it. Fight for it. Be passionate about it. Fight for it. Will you always be there? No. You'll be up and down, up and down, up and down. But at least strive for it. At least strive for it. You don't have to wear it on your sleeve. What do you want? People to look at you and say, oh, there's a, there's a lover of Hashem. <laughs> you want this because this is what? This is the greatest. This is ecstasy. This is ecstasy. To know that Hashem loves you and to love Him back is ecstasy. Makes any pleasure we've ever had seem like a Twinkie. All right, maybe Twinkie wasn't the best choice. 